I see a soldier. No, a general. Riding across the stage with a sword and a gun and... and... and the most beautiful uniform ever made. People will come from all over the world and when they see him, they won't laugh. Welcome back to Disney Marvels for week of February 27th, 2022. This is episode 166. Disney Marvels, the show about Disney, Marvel, Lucasfilm, Muppets, Pixar, 20th Century, the parks, and much, much more. If it has to do with Disney, it's fair game. I'm your host, Matthew Graken. So the latest poll was now with the first reviews and videos of the Galactic Star Cruiser out. What are your thoughts? Answers were already booked, still on the fence, too expensive, or not interested. And I am a little surprised, but not completely surprised, by the results here. 9% of you are still on the fence. 18% of you are already booked. Enjoy your voyage, safe travels, and may the stars guide you. 28% said you're not interested. 45%. And I, I kind of understand where you're coming from here. But 45% of you said it is too expensive. I... It depends on your viewpoint, I guess. I can agree with you on that. That the, I agree with you on the point that it is expensive. But after hearing and seeing some of and a lot of what is going on on there i i can understand the price point though i do agree that it may be still a little on the high side but the product that you're giving or getting is it's hard to duplicate or say that you can compare it to many other things. At least that is what I've been hearing and experiencing from people who, who have experienced this. And this is something that we will have to delve in later. Maybe I'll try to get on someone who has firsthand knowledge and experience with the Galactic Star Cruiser, with the Halcyon. And uh, we will see. We'll see how t time will tell. Time will tell about the fate of the Halcyon. Um, given the chance, I would absolutely jump at it. But I'd have to be given that chance. And on that bombshell, we'll be back after these messages from our friends and sponsors. Hi Disney Marvels fans, my name's Tash and my BFF Mercedes and I make a weekly podcast dedicated to all things Disney. From music, movies and food and parks to fun weekly challenges, we discuss it all over at Chat Disney. You can find us on Instagram at Chat Disney or Twitter at Chat Disney UK. We release weekly episodes every Monday morning, which can be found on Spotify and the Apple Podcast app. Bye for now. And now on with the show. This is 
March 9th, 2016. I was on a train with my family to Newark, New Jersey, to the Prudential Center, The Rock, the home of the New Jersey Devils. Not to see a hockey game, but to see the greatest show on earth. To go take my family to see the circus. The clowns, the high wire acts, the spectacle, the animals. And it was amazing. As a, a father, I, I was excited for my kids. And I was happy. Their happiness of seeing the, the sh show, like I said, spectacle in front of them and how it played out made me happy. And it, it was a moment, a family moment that I will cherish forever. Unbeknownst to us at that very time, this will be the last opportunity that we would have ever had to experience Barnum and Bailey's Ringling Brothers Circus. And uh, it's sad now to, I, and I understand things change and change for a reason, and I'm not getting into that. I'm, I'm speaking purely from a family moment that this was really enjoyable. And it is a loss. Anytime you lose something that a family can do together and enjoy is a loss. It is a loss for society. The Not long after that, my wife sends me a message. I was at work. There was a trailer for a movie coming out. And this movie was called The Greatest Showman. Okay, what is this? And I, I watched the preview. There's Hugh Jackman. The music's playing. And instantly, I knew he was playing P.T. Barnum. And unfortunately, was we never got the opportunity to see the movie in the theaters. We, we, as soon as the, the Blu-ray came out, we purchased it. But life being as life is... It's sad in its container. Okay, we'll we'll get to it. Once we'll find a moment, we're going to make sure we get to this. That movie came out in 2017. Here it is, 2022. And I'm finally able to deliver my review of The Greatest Showman. Starring Hugh Jackman, Michelle Williams, Zac Efron, and Zendaya. Rebecca Ferguson... And, and many, many other superbly talented performers. Um, I, I, uh, I'm going to break the mold here. And I will tell you that out of 10, you got Matthew, you're crazy. You're giving us your, your, you're rating on it already? Yes, because I want to get out of the way and talk some more about this movie. And give you some more, fill in some information where the movie doesn't have. 
out of 10. Um, and again, this may be a little controversial and every, you know, what is it with your rating system? I'm giving this a nine and I will explain to you. It deserves the nine in my eyes because as soon as I finished watching this movie, I wanted to go back and watch it again. Is it the greatest movie out there? No. Is it the greatest mu musical out there? No. Could this musical be on Broadway? Absolutely. And it, I think it would be fantastic on Broadway. Is the music on it addictive and catchy? Yes. For me, I find this music so compelling. They even did a reimagined album of the, the music with uh, pop stars doing it. Um, Kelly Clarkson, Pink, uh, so many others. Um, Pack at the Disco, I believe. They, in they do a fantastic job. But you don't even need that. You you have the original cast recording, which is spectacular. Uh, this is me is a powerful, powerful anthem, which most people probably have heard of by this time. Uh, it, it was played often and it is a again very empowering anthem um, that many people can relate to in one form or fashion I uh, I knew the music beforehand I, I um, I it's being that I couldn't watch, I, I, I heard the songs and I, I just had to hear more of them. So I, I've been listening to the music for a while now. And like I said, I finally got around to watching the movie to understand the and understand the songs better. I enjoy the songs for what they were by themselves. But now seeing the movie and being able to put the story to the songs and who, who what character is singing what and why just makes them that, that much more tangible. Um, it's, I, I, first I thought it was a Baz Luhrmann movie, which was just, if you're familiar with Moulin Rouge, it, it's a very similar style cinema, cinematics, uh, of how everything is performed and shot, uh, the color saturations, uh, movements, but it's not, it's not, it's actually directed by a gentleman called Michael Gracie whose credits uh, include Ned Kelly, uh, a Pink Album, Rocket Man, Greatest Showman, obviously. Uh, what is this one? Natasha Bedingfield. So a bunch of music videos. He's good in the music area. This has been a project that Hugh Jackman worked on for quite some time. To, that he wanted to get off the ground. I think actually I saw about 2006, 2007 was something that he, he wanted to do. And you follow the life of P.T. Barnum, Phyllis T. Barnum, uh, Phineas, sorry, Phineas Taylor Barnum, who was born July 5th, 1810 in Bethel, Connecticut. He, uh, he, he was, his father was a tailor at least portrayed in this movie. His father was a tailor, and he, he followed uh, he followed him in, as an apprentice. And you, you kind of get the weird relationship. It's, it's very brief, but you get the weird relationship between the father and his son. 
um, inevitably have a little bit of a spoiler, but I'll, not too much will I give away. It will be true spoilers. Father passes away. He is left to fend for himself and create a life for himself. And you can see that he has this, it's portrayed that he has this imagination. He, he's, he dreams of something bigger, but he doesn't know what. And he, he knows he wants to go out and do something, but he's, he's not sure, again, what it is. Um, he was 15 when his father died. You don't get the sense of that in the movie of how old he was. He actually seems like he's younger. That's based on the the uh, actor that they had portraying him. Uh, they do leave out that he had to support his mother and five sisters. Uh, his brother, uh, five sisters and brothers, which largely fell on his shoulder to do. And this was not easy, but again, that's something that the movie did not go into. There's a few things in his life that the mother doesn't go into, uh, the movie doesn't go into. Um, it shows that he does eventually marry the girl of his dreams, um, and she um, she goes along with him. He uh, this was in 1829. He was actually only 19 when he married. Uh, a 21-year-old Bethel woman named Charity Hallett. Um, she actually, they have four daughters together. The movie only portrays two. And in, 19, in 1834, they moved to New York City, uh, where he would eventually inevitably become the showman. But before that, they show him... Uh, they show him in a office setting and losing his job. He actually turns out he had many, many jobs, which uh, they do reference some of them in the movie as a little hidden background uh, notes that uh, like Barnum's Lottery, he for a time did run a lottery. So they the, the movie does touch ever so slightly on some of these details, but never fully... Uh, you do have to keep in mind, you do have to, there's always so much you can put in a movie and you, you want to condense things down, uh, as far as characters and as far as time. So not to drag things out. Um, they mentioned that he bids on this, this building. Um, he actually outbidded a bunch of wealthier people to acquire John, uh, John Scudder's, uh, American Museum, which is in New York City, it was a five-story five marble structure filled with stuffed animals, waxwork figures, and similar conventional exhibits. Um, so they they do they touch on that. They didn't mention how much of a battle was for him to get in there, nor does it mention that there's some of the stuff that they displayed in the movie was actually already there to begin with. He rapidly transforms the museum into a carnival of human curiosities, in dramatic theaters, uh, a beauty contest, and other sensational attractions. They skip over one big thing, which I won't touch on either, um, because purchasing people is was wrong then, it's wrong now, and we'll move on from that. Um, but 
it it shows the growth of his character. Just why I bring it up because this is something that, even though he did it in the past, it shows how someone can change in the future, and I'll get into that. 1842, when he took over the American Museum, uh, to 1868 is when he gave it up after it caught fire twice. They portrayed once in the movie, but two fires destroyed it. Farm grads, uh, gradually showmanship enticed his showmanship enticed 82 million visitors amongst them and this is at the american museum amongst them was henry and uh, william james charles dickens and edward the seventh the prince of wales into uh all came to his holes to view what was going on plus some of the other stuff he did uh, among the genuine curiosities were the Chang and Ang, Siamese twins, conjoined by a ligament uh, at their breastbone. It was, however, uh, Charles Stratton, a man of only 25 inches, uh, who was discovered by Barnum that uh, proved to be his most profitable exhibit. Uh, ballyhooing Strutton as General Tom Thumb. So, uh, this is portrayed in the movie. Apparently, Barnum actually met Charles Stratton when he was much younger. Stratton was younger and actually took him in and had him as part of his family. That was in some of the articles I was reading. Um, that was not exactly portrayed in this aspect of the movie, uh, but it was it was quite. You, you do see the kind of the connection that this was someone that he focused on. Barnum sold twenty million tickets at the museum after being received by the U.S. press. Abraham Lincoln, Barnum, and Tom Thumb enjoyed a triumphant tour abroad, during which uh, the latter gave a command performance before Queen Victoria that is portrayed in the movie but again differently in the movie everyone is there real life it was Barnum and Tom uh, Charles Stratton were the only ones that actually <coughs> performed for the Queen but that aside uh, eager to change his image from uh, promoter to uh, human curiosities to impresiano of artistic attractions. Barnum risked his entire fortune by importing Jenny Lind, a Swedish soprano, who he had never heard sing. He never met her before, but uh, it was unknown completely in the United States. Dubbing Lind the Swedish Nightingale, Barnum mounted the most massive publicity campaign he had ever attempted. Lind's opening night in New York City before a capacity audience of 5,000 and her nine months of concerts across the United States earned immense sums of money. He... This is portrayed in the movie uh, <clears throat> and along with some of the troubles that he got in to or at least in the movie portrayed troubles that fell upon him for his focus on uh, not the museum and what was going on there, but the performances of, of Jenny Lind and possibly some uh, 
other distractions that came out of that. Um, the song that is performed there is stunning. It is beautiful. It's it's a fantastic ballad. Um, and uh, it, it it's it, it plays out well. It plays out so well. It, you really get the power and, and the sensation. You you get pulled into that performance alone, and you kind of understand where Barnum is going with it, and why he became so distracted by it, and how it could have really worked out for him, and how he, at least in the movie, how he didn't. So it is. It is something else. Um, the movie ends, as I mentioned, with the the fires and then him moving on. Now, some of the stuff that I thought was interesting that I, I, it must be for, I guess, rights reasons. Um, so you have P.T. Barnum, and we know Barnum's partner was uh, Bailey, but they never, they never actually have uh, Bailey's character in this in the movie. It was, and I don't know why. Uh, like I said, probably because maybe the family wouldn't let them use the name, or something along that line. So Zac Efron, who is the uh, Bailey character was actually uh, labeled as Philip uh, Philip Carlisle and some people are assuming that this is a combination of different characters Uh, same with the character that Zendaya plays Uh, Zendaya pardon me it is uh, Ann Wheeler a trapeze artist both have similarities to people around that time and and involvement but aren't necessary aren't the people that they're kind of portraying in the movie um some of the stuff that in Barnum's life that wasn't portrayed which I thought would brought a little more a little more weight into the story but I kind of understand why they didn't because you, you don't want to bog it down too much uh, one of his daughters died in childhood. This is probably one that uh, this is one of the ones that they did not have portrayed. Uh, another one was dropped from dropped from his will for committing adultery. Disappointed because he had no male error, Barnum left a sizable uh, bequest to his grandson on the condition that he agreed to use the Barnum use Barnum as part of his name. After forty four years of marriage. Charity Barnum died in 1873. Following year, P.T. Barnum, who was then 64, took a 24-year-old wife, Nancy Fisher, the daughter of a British uh, admirer, for his second wife. So is the crazy life. Um, although his name is properly linked to the circus, Barnum did not actually, in fact, become a circus showman until he was past the age of 60. Barnum did not invent the modern circus, but in partnership with the retiring officiant Bailey, 
he did give the American Spectacle a giant, uh, giant size in most memorable attractions, widely popularity, uh, attempting to make it what he called the greatest show on earth. Barnum uh, capped his circus career by purchasing a six and a half ton elephant named Jumbo, who quickly earned back his purchase price during the first season under the big top. They do kind of touch on the elephant. They didn't. They don't really go into the story of the elephant, giving the name or anything like that. But they do have the elephant in there. Uh, it does have a nice moment at the very climactic scene at the end. Uh, but timing of that is completely off because his girls are still young. He is still relatively younger at that point. But again, it's not supposed to be a perfect telling it is a musical of it uh, where they take lots of liberties and it gives you just enough information to make you want to learn more information or just to appreciate what this man did and what he achieved and what he brought to the world in his 81st year barnum did fall gravely ill and at the request of the new york times uh New York Times newspaper published his obituary in advance so he may be able to enjoy it. Two weeks later, after inquiring about the box office receipts of the circus, Barnum died in his Connecticut mansion. The Times of London echoed the world press in its final tribute. He created the meteor of showmen on a grandiose scale. He he early realized that the the essential fortune of a modern democracy its readiness to be led to what will assume and instruct it his name is a proverb already and a proverb it will continue uh, something else they, they mentioned there and they didn't touch on in the the movie was he actually became a politician. He uh, yeah avocations of political writings, and after serving two terms in the Connecticut stage uh, legislature, he was elected mayor of Bridgeport, Connecticut, in which he opposed uh, he fought prostitution and union discrimination against blacks. So, despite some of his earlier life moments. He did go on and fight for civil rights. And um, that's something that they don't touch on the political end, but they do touch on the fact that he was bringing together people of all, all sorts to be unified and to be seen as equals. And this was something, particularly at that time, late 1800s, was really not heard of you know we, we we see it now in this day and age and think of it as we're being progressive and here's a man over a hundred years ago 130 years ago was already starting to push that and he didn't start off that way but he did realize it The the movie in itself, like I said, takes a lot of liberties. Um, it, it it spins stuff. It 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 
uh, skims over it, it, it alters history. Show me a movie that hasn't done that. I mean, look at Titanic, for crying out loud. It embellishes a lot of things about what happened on the Titanic and how the sink, uh, ship sunk and some of the stuff that's going on there. But yet people love it just the same. This is a movie very similar. It embellishes. It takes liberties of history. But in the end, The Greatest Showman is a movie that everyone can enjoy. Um, like the circus, it is a family family affair to be able to sit down, to be able to watch this movie. The music is contagious. The, the cinematics, uh, the choreography is spectacular. The, uh, I wish I could remember the name of the song at the moment, but there's uh, the one song that between Zac Efron and Hugh Jackman that they perform. That's it. The other side. When they perform the other side, um, two of them in a bar, two businessmen in a bar making a deal. Not very strange, particularly for that time. But the choreography choreography between Zac Efron, Hugh Jackman, and the bartender, and the tricks that are going on, so smooth, so... It's... it's, I want to say it's like watching a ballet because it's so much more enjoyable. Apologies to anyone who enjoys ballet or does ballet. But it is such a work of art and just the the way that the cameras pan and everything um, comes out spectacular. It it, it really just draws you in and just the, the energy of the song and the energy of the choreography meld so well together. Um, like I said, this is me spectacular uh, never enough uh, that was the song that Jenny Lynn sings and so beautiful it's such a beautiful ballad and the the, the singer does she um, the performer does such a great job with it uh, I, I forget if it actually is Rebecca Ferguson singing it or not I apologize. I don't remember off the top of my head. But she she does so well with it. And uh, it, it does smack of what P.T. Barnum was going through. And you do see the progression of his character, of his search for acceptance, his search for showing people look what I've done look at look what I can do look how much I have achieved and not realizing how he's affected other people's lives in the meantime it, it, it was more self-focus but by the end by the end of this movie he is he's awakened to realize that it's not so much about what I have accomplished for myself, but what I have done for all these other people. What I've given these other people that before 
wouldn't have had anything. Wouldn't have been able to do anything. Wouldn't have what they have now. And that's where, where things end. That his realization of what he truly has achieved is well beyond himself. Be where he was focused on himself, everything fell apart. But once he realized to focus on the bigger scale, the bigger picture, right? Because that's what life is about. It's not about the small. It's about the bigger picture and how we can help our fellow humans out there. That's whatever things change. That's whatever we make an impact. That's whatever great things happen. And that's that's what's the kind of the the message here in the movie at the end. This is one of the messages. Um, yeah, uh, like I said, for me, nine out of ten. As soon as I finished it, I wanted to go back, watch it again because I enjoyed it that much. I I, I put the music on in the car. I was playing and blasting it, you know, having it going along, singing along with it, and just truly take it in by, by it all. Um, it's one of those soundtracks that you may, you turn off for a while, you move on from it, but then it just pops back into your head. And takes you back in. It welcomes you back in. Like a, a good old friend that's always there for you. So, if you haven't seen The Greatest Showman yet, do yourself a favor. Go on to Disney Plus. Watch it. Enjoy it. And thank me afterwards. Have you seen, though? Have you seen The Greatest Showman? And what did you think of it? Let me know. Shout it on the forums. Find us on the social networks. On Facebook. Our Facebook group is facebook.com slash group slash Disney Marvel's podcast. On Instagram, we're at Disney Marvel's podcast. TikTok at Disney Marvel's podcast. And on Twitter at Disney Marvel's. Don't forget to subscribe to our YouTube channel where you can find the audio feeds and some other stuff that I'll be posting up there shortly once I get technical things figured out. You can also leave us a voice message through our Anchor app or the anchor.fm website, or record it on your electronic device, your laptop, tablet, or smartphone, and email it along with any questions or suggestions you may have for the show to DisneyMarvels at gmail.com. Don't forget to check out the Disney Marvels blog over at DisneyMarvels.blogspot.com. Links to all these are in the show notes. I want to thank you for your time. I know how little time we all have and how crazy life is uh, very unfortunately how crazy life is at this moment in time uh, the fact that we get to spend some time together as either an escape or just because uh, just because you enjoy it just because we're friends and I do consider you guys all friends it means a lot to me um, and I can never thank you enough but I can please ask of you go into Apple Podcast leave a rating for us there help the show out that way um, or feel free to tell other people as well 
tell people check out the Disney Marvel podcast show lots of cool stuff that goes on there send out the links on the on the social networks make sure to tag us so that way we can we can thank you personally um but yeah send the put your links to the show out on social networks hey check out this episode of disney marvel's podcast really cool stuff learned about pt barnum today Woohoo! Um, really we we do this show because of you um there's a reason why um we keep going it is because of each and every one of you that come back week after week and uh truly means a lot to us thank you thank you so much um again just please keep sharing it out because the more people in this disney marvel family the better won't believe the big uh, disney family so do i don't forget to subscribe to the show this way you always know when new episodes are posted and also consider becoming a premium subscriber. Help the show out. You can do this over at anchor.fm slash disneymarvel slash support. Or find our Patreon page. Where you can get some cool cool stuff that way if you sign up. Or if you want to buy some cool stuff to help the show out that way. You can check out our merchandise shop. With some fun Disney Marvel stuff. You get to sell some shirts. Sweatshirts. Hoodies. Pillows, coffee mugs, magnets, a bunch of different fun things. Links to all these, again, are also in the show notes. Because remember, this show is brought to you by listeners like you. I, I know... I know these are dark times that we live in. Um, and I, I always put a point here where I'm talking about kind of your mental health and your mental well-being and I, I I want to reflect on that because you know you do be your own hero and never give up never give in at this point I also want to say to our friends in the Ukraine that our thoughts and our prayers are with you um, you are our family and we can't be there with you in person but we are with you in spirit um, and I hope for the best I'd like to end the show, though, with a quote from Walt Disney himself. I never called my work an art. It's part of show business, the business of building entertainment. Again, that's Walt Disney himself. Thank you again for listening, everybody, and I'll see you next time.